On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. We're joined on the line by the Sinn Féin spokesperson for agriculture, but first by the Minister for the Environment and the Green Party leader, Eamon Ryan. Uh, Eamon and Matt, we're going to talk to you both about the government's proposals to um, clamp down on the sale of turf. There was a Daw motion this week, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But first of all, I should ask you, Eamon Ryan, as the uh, the leader of the Green Party, as the leader of a, a, co- a party which is a member of this coalition government, um, do you have some concerns that the DPP may not have issued a direction about Leo Varadkar's NAGP leak before December? And to your mind, does that raise questions about whether he can resume the office of Taoiseach? Gavin, I, I'm going to leave that to the DPP. There, there's a very important um, principle in our state, the independence of the judicial system. And I think in that, the politicians over the years have made mistakes when they started preempting or assuming or, or, or setting expectations on what the DPP will do. I, I'm very happy to let her do her work. I don't think it will interfere in the meantime in government work. And uh, let's await her response to the work the guards have done. Uh, and I don't think it's interfering in what we need to do. We've got a refugee crisis to manage. We've a cost of living crisis we have to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that that file within the DPP should distract us or will distract us. And I'll let her do her work in the timely manner. I'm sure she will do it. But, but with the greatest respect to the DPP, I'm sure she's able of capable of independently disposing of her work without the being influenced by any political commentary around it. She's not answerable to the government. I'm just asking: Does it not create a serious issue for the proposed continuation of the government if the Taunton has criminal charges over his head in December? I know, but then we're down to expectations as to what the outcome of her work will be. And I don't want you know that's where you start into presuming. Oh, I think it could end up this way. I think we have to let her do the work and and I think we'll manage that in whatever way it, it works out. But um, for the moment, I think she should be given the space to, to, to uh, do it. Okay, because within the last hour, you've told independent.ie that your expectation is that the issue would be resolved before December. You're not saying that now. Well... Well, I, I mean, I mean, I would imagine that that's her time frame. You would expect that it would be done, but but that is a matter for the DPP and let her conclude that. And you believe that you'd be influencing her in some way by commenting out loud? Yeah, I speculation as to what the outcome of her work might be. I think that you know that doesn't that is a speculation, and I don't want, particularly as a government minister, to start speculating on on what the outcome of her work might be. I think it's better to let her do it. Okay, uh, Eamon Ryan, you're also with us and we're joined, as I said, on the line by the Sinn Féin uh, agriculture spokesperson, Matt Carthy, because, uh, Matt, you have a motion down uh, in the Dáil for debating this come Tuesday afternoon uh, where you're looking on the government to scrap its plans to ban the sale of turf from next September. Why? Well, Gavin, and thanks for having me on. First of all, the motion is much broader than that. It deals with the rising cost of home heating oil um, and fuels more generally. Um, it deals with the fact that we are in uh, cost of living. Um, I would argue that it's moved beyond the crisis to an emergency for many families, and it's a time when workers and families need support rather than to be penalised. Um, so I think absolutely in respect of the turf ban, but also the increase in carbon taxes that are due to come in place in, in on the 1st of May, that it is the wrong time. I also think in respect of turf that this is the wrong move entirely. All the evidence points to the fact that people have moved away from turf in quite sizable numbers when credible, affordable alternatives are available. Um, And I think that any moves in this regard should be in that vein. And I think, again, that this move 
penalises the wrong people. Unfortunately, this government, and Eamon Ryan in particular, have equated climate action with punitive measures against those that don't have any alternatives. And that is the most frustrating aspect of this government's approach to many climate action and public health measures, is that they are actually undermining support for the very causes that they claim to be um, advocating and that are very urgently required. And rather than being voices for climate action. Unfortunately, this government um, continuously proved themselves to be out of touch with the real challenges of workers and families. Are are you saying that the government should never ban the sale of turf, or are you just saying that September is the wrong time? Well, I'm saying it's absolutely the wrong time now. I believe that people are moving away from turf. I believe that we need to put in place um, credible, affordable alternatives, because we do recognise that we need to protect our peatland. Would there then be the right time if all those supports or alternatives were in place? As I, as I say, I believe fundamentally that we are moving, as a society, we are moving away from peat-based products. Unfortunately for many people, they at the moment do not have alternatives. So what we need to do in the first place is put in place those alternatives, ensure that people are able to heat their own homes. And this is primarily an issue about the ability to heat one's homes. We're dealing with an issue um, and regions where um, huge numbers of people, about two-thirds in most um, rural parts of the country, rely on either home heating oil or turf to heat their homes. Home heating oil, for example, has doubled um, in price in the past year alone. The next measure that the government plan to implement in respect of the cost of home heating oil is to increase it further through the carbon tax um, increase. And I think when you take that logically to the next step, it's easy to understand how people are um, getting frustrated and angry with the approach of this government. Okay. It isn't putting in place supports, but is rather using every opportunity to penalise them for what I would argue are narrow political okay. interests. Well, on, on that point, uh, Eamon Ryan, about the fact that many households which are reliant on the burning of turf to heat their homes don't have any other alternative, and you are now you're, you're planning to ban the sale of that fuel for them from September. This government has done more than any other government, I think, in Europe. Any independent analysis would show it that we've seen this crisis, the price rise crisis, due to international factors, is a real issue that we have to address. In last year, uh, October's budget, we increased, increased the fuel allowance, going to the, those most at risk of, of fuel fuel poverty. But also we are allocated over a quarter of a billion euro to help households make the switch so that they wouldn't be vulnerable to these fossil fuel price increases. And the majority of that money going as 100% grants to those lowest incomes, most at risk of fuel, fuel, fuel poverty. On top of that, we also allocated 85 million euros to local authorities so that we can improve our social housing so that those in council houses across the country, again, don't have to spend so much Okay, on, on but, but, but is that so, to say Gavin, then that you've I, given Gavin, every Gavin household an alternative to burning turf? Because it doesn't sound like you just, have. Well, just bear with me if I can just finish out, because that wasn't the end of it. We also then introduced a 200 euro credit to every household to help them through this difficult time. Also increase, further increase, 125 euros a week, uh, mm. in the fuel allowance and a further 100 increase in it. And also cut excise duties on, on fuels and cut the VAT on the electricity and gas. And also introduce, I could keep going on, Gavin, about well, you, the number you, you, and the you, range you, you could supports. keep going on, and I'm sure you would if I gave you the opportunity to do so. But what I'm wondering is, have you done enough to make sure that every house which is currently reliant on turf 
has an alternative so that if you go ahead with banning the sale of that fuel in September, that they have some other means to well, eat themselves? First thing is, there's been huge misinformation and disinformation on this. We are introducing, we will introduce a ban in September. It's been something that has been ignored for decades, where government one government or the other has said, oh, we would do it, but then shied away. And it is time to do it, because 1,300 people a year are dying prematurely in our country, and we can't ignore that. Now, That's from air it pollution is a ban, firstly, it is, it is a ban on the distribution, on the sale, on the retailing. It's not going to be a complete ban in terms of, there will still be people using and consuming turf in next autumn. A lot of them will buy the winter stocks ahead of September, and that's the way it's done every year. But even for those who, those who have their own turby rights, mm. or those maybe who are sharing or gifting to a neighbour, or where it is outside villages and towns, where it isn't part of the retail system, that will still continue to exist. And we will look uh, and support and, and have consistently uh, been, been doing this in the Midlands and anywhere. And, and how, how will it be permitted then, or how are you going to, to nuance it so that it's, a, it's allowable on a small scale, that you can allow your neighbour to cut turf on your your bog land, but that it can't be sold. This was always agreed, Gavin. This was agreed in the public consultation we did last September. And when we started this process a year and a half ago, working with other parties in the Dáil, saying at all times that the aim here is, and it's not just about turf, it is about smoky coal and about wet wood, which both, all of which create a create a problem. Well, we at all times said that this wasn't going to be an abrupt stop, ban, end, or put particular households into real difficult situations. It was about the commercial distribution, and that's what's always what the regulations were going to do. Mm. So, we but, but, how, but how do you nuance then between somebody who cuts turf industrially and brings it to the local shop and gets it sold to the rest of the community versus somebody who uh, allows their neighbour to borrow their land and cut a bit for themselves? Because the regulations will reflect that. The regulations will be about the retail large commercial distribution. And it won't be about that small family, friends, local rural communities, um, which are in a very different situation to villages and towns, but where this is a real problem. And I'd have to put back to Matt, that there's a real problem here that every time when it comes to protecting the environment or improving the environment for our public health as well as for the benefit to the environment, Sinn Féin at all times say, oh, we, not now, or no, not that method, okay. or no, we can't afford this, or we can't give that money to that. Okay. They will never, and that's the real problem right. here. Let's hear Matt Carthy's That there's a lack of willingness to actually improve and protect people's health, okay. which is why we are going about it this way. Matt, that argument, you're forever saying no and you're forever saying not now. See, the difficulty is that Eamon's approach is fundamentally unfair. It's at the heart, unfairness is at the heart of every proposal that he brings fo- forward. Um, and we do have a climate action um, emergency and we do need to take climate action in order to resolve that. Here's the difficulty, though. Eamon Ryan's approach is actually undermining public support for the measures that are actually urgently required because time and time again he penalises those people who are struggling the, the most. It is absolutely ironic that we are discussing this issue here in respect of ordinary small workers and families who do not get any of the supports that Eamon has talked about in terms of retrofitting or fuel allowance or any of the other measures in a week in which another data centre, a data centre that has the capacity to um, use 48 megawatts of of data um, has been approved because Eamon didn't take what I would have considered to be a courageous and an important step in respect of climate action by supporting a motion in the Dáil last year in relation to... But but what about the the argument that Eamon put to you though, that Sinn Féin is forever saying that we want to do something but not this or not that and not now? What we are saying is we have to do something. 
But we wanted to be fair and we wanted to penalise and target the right people. So what would you do differently? As opposed to targeting ordinary workers and families who do not have an alternative. So what would that look like? What that would look like in terms of actually retrofitting funding, it means it give it to those families who actually require it. Because here's this um, the, the, the uh, scenario that, that really frustrates my constituency. If I live in an area that is well serviced by public transport, but I happen to have the financial means, a lot of money in the bank account, Eamon and his government will give me €5,000 towards a brand new electric car and 25000 towards a retrofit. And he will expect those people who are using home heat and oil or turf and who have no alternatives um, but to use those and to drive to work to actually pay for those schemes. I believe that that is fundamentally unfair. So I think we do need a re-evaluation in terms of how we, uh, okay. how we approach Minister, that. Minister, is that true? If Eamon Ryan and government continue to bring forward unfair, unworkable and I, punitive measures, then we will oppose them. Yeah, Eamon Ryan. Can I, can I come back in? The approach we're taking is fair. And it's been designed over 20 years, listening to the best economists and those concerned about social justice who recognise that what we're doing is actually the majority of money going to those who are poorest. And, and the money for that, and this is where Sinn Féin have a problem, because they never show what they would do alternatively, because they don't have the revenue streams. When we spend a quarter of a billion a year, actually more, it's a third of a billion now. Matt? Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear, there, I can did, now, yeah. Did you lose Eamon there? For, did Eamon finish his point? Yeah, I, th- I think we might have lost Eamon. Well, We're going to spend a moment trying to get Eamon back on the line. But I think the argument that the minister was making there, uh, Matt, was that the government is, is now investing at unprecedented levels in ways that no other government previously ever has done to try and provide for exactly the sorts of retrofitting grants and everything else to help people convert away from fossil fuels that you are saying the government is not doing. Well, in too often, those schemes are actually redistributing of funds away from people who are our poorest in society and to those who actually least, least need those um, supports. And here's the crux of the um, difficulties we're now facing. Because carbon tax was initially advocated by Eamon Ryan and government as a measure to move people and shift people's behaviour. It has now moved fundamentally away from that because clearly it's not working. Because Gavin, if increases in, okay. in costs were actually Gavin, sorry, um, sufficient I, to make people okay. move... Yeah, no, okay. let, let, yeah, let me bring Eamon back in because we lost Eamon in the middle. Well, let, let me finish that point, if you would, Gavin. Uh, I, uh, no, I'll bring you back in in just a moment, Matt, to finish it, but Eamon was trying to make another one before his line. No, because this is at the corner of the issue. What we're doing is fair, because firstly, in any carbon tax, one-third of the revenue goes to social welfare increases, increasing the living, uh, the living loan allowance, the, the working family payment allowance, the additional child qualified child allowance, as well as fuel allowance. And then within the money that we've raised, it, half of it goes into retrofitting. And in that money, 118 million a year goes into the warmer home scheme. That's a 100% grant targeted at those houses most at risk. Now, Sinn Féin oppose that. They say we shouldn't be doing that. But they never come forward and say, where would they get that, that 118 million? And additionally, where, that 85 million in social housing, that's real. That's physical houses being transformed, those who are most at risk. And on top of that, those other measures that we introduced this year, because it is an exceptional time and difficult circumstance. So that's their fundamental lack of truth in this is to say that the way the government is doing it doesn't have a social justice component in it. It absolutely does. Okay. We will not deliver ecological justice without social justice at the same time. We absolutely understand that. But to ignore the environment, to give up on action, to, to at all times say, not now, we'll do it some other time, we'll do it some other way, but never to actually explain that. I 
think is letting the poor people of this country down. Well, Matt, All that politics won't heat a home. Matt, Matt, you're saying the carbon tax isn't being a disincentive, but I suppose then if, if you want all this money to provide for all the schemes that you're outlining, where else would you get it? Well, I think it is important for Eamon and advocates of the carbon tax to actually explain where precisely along the road they moved carbon tax and the ad- advocation of carbon tax away from being a behavioural change mechanism to a revenue generating mechanism. Because under the government's own climate action plan, they are actually expecting to take in billions of euro in carbon tax that would actually suggest that people's behaviour doesn't change uh, at all. And instead, they're using revenue raising. Now, with every measure, and we have advocated and put forward forward through alternative budgets on a year-by-year basis, exactly how we want to see um, climate action measures um, being employed. But we also outline how we see revenue increases. So, Mm. for example, this year, the increases in carbon taxes will bring in around €47 million. Mm. All of which is ring-fenced off for climate measures. That same could be increased by by maintaining the banking levy levy in in, in place that is currently there. That would impact on nobody other than the profits of banks. Yet Eamon and the government refuse to take measures like that, but they see no um, issue whatsoever. And this is an important point in respect of home heat and oil. Home heat and oil, not a single measure that the government have employed and that Eamon has talked about has impacted on okay. home heat. Despite or maybe perhaps because of rural dwellers and the government are planning to increase that again in May. That's fundamentally unfair by any means. Okay, Eamon Ryan. When we were looking 15 years ago at the idea of a carbon tax, the best economic analysis, the best independent analysis was the, the ESRI, the Economic and Social Research Agency, Sue Scott and John Fitzgerald and others. And they said, if you're going to do this, make sure that you put in the measures to protect against fuel poverty, you increase social welfare with the revenue, and you also spend it in ways that help people, particularly those most poor, to get out of the costs that are involved in fossil fuel. And that's just one of the measures the government doing. There's a whole range of other initiatives we're doing. It's not just all about the carbon tax. But there does need to be, one, firstly, honesty and clarity in terms of what we're doing in government is designed to protect those most at risk and will always be. And particularly through this crisis, it's going to be difficult next autumn. This is not going to be easy. And we're not going to be there waving fingers at people or blaming people or telling them what to do. Or there's not a ban or we're not going to have a police in. As some of the news you'd hear last week that some poor person of the country is going to be raided and, uh, and arrested because they're burning the wrong fuel. That's never intended. That's just I don't think anyone's been reporting that though, Eamon, in fairness. But I haven't well, seen any speculation to, that someone's going to be busted to be honest, for burning Gavin, Gavin, that's what I was getting last week. And the way we were depicted was, yeah, that we're going to go in and, as I said, arrest your granny for burning the wrong fuel. That was never the case. And it's important. And I'm looking forward to the debates in the Dáil next week because I'm looking forward to what people say. Would we wait... Would we wait and allow another 1,300 people die prematurely? And would we wait next winter when we have our trolley crisis? And part of the problem is that at that worst time, most difficult time of the year, is when most people are in hospital because of the respiratory problems that come with air pollution. And I don't believe waiting is the right time um, in that. Uh, I do, do you have the rest of the coalition on board for this? Because after you, you announced, or after the, this parliamentary question was first reported on, we had suggestions from uh, other coalition partners that, in fact, that you hadn't had a full agreement, that you had agreements to, to ban the sale of smoky coal, but that you hadn't actually got agreement in principle to pursue this ban on the sale of turf that you're claiming you have. But that, because we're in the middle of a consultation process. It, it, it was not concluded. It, it hasn't gone to government yet. And... And that was always acknowledged. And that, yeah, we, but we you, you said in your parliamentary question it was happening process. from September. It wasn't open to further approval. You said it was, it was happening. Regulations were in. It was done. 
and and no, they were draft regulations. It wasn't concluded, and and this process. So your reply us, to it all was incorrect. It should have said draft. It should have put the word draft in front of it. But I mean, it was open and transparent that we were engaged in a consultation process. One that started a year and a half ago, where we went to public consultation in last September, when we were currently in this European consultation process as part of it. And yes, we we absolutely upfront that we would have to go to government before we'd sign off on anything. Okay. But I believe there is broad agreement. And I'll talk to all the parties next week, as well as in the Dáil, 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 Dáil okay. Chamber. But, but you are... We will talk to all the parties and NGOs to get to... But, to but you are saying that this is, a, this is a proposal in draft regulations and it hasn't actually been approved in principle by the three coalition partners. No, but there is in the programme for government a commitment to us, uh, to us to address, to do what no government has been able to do, to actually address hard issues that improve people's health. And I think that is the right thing at this time. We've learned from COVID that it's best actually to act and okay. not just to dither and uh, delay. I have 30 seconds, McCarthy. Yeah. Well, the difficulty is, and Eamon has repeatedly talked about health, the latest figures we have show that 3,000 deaths in, across Ireland each year are related to fuel poverty. That isn't, that's the highest in Europe, by the way. So that are, those are latest figures, but they're a few decades fair old approach. Them, they? Here's the, they're the latest we have, unfortunately, Gavin. But I'll say this again, because um, Eamon Ryan has talked repeatedly about people who are, um, who are being supported by government. I can tell you that listening to those and talking to those pe- people, they do not see this government acting on their behalf. And rather than actually building support for the type of measures that are required. I would argue by his daft interventions, telling people to drive slower or take shorter um, showers, by his insistence that the only way we can actually take um, take um, climate action is by penalising people through carbon taxes, people who have no alternative and cannot afford Uh, it. What Eamon Ryan and this government are actually doing is alienating Uh, those who want to pay a positive role. The Minister, to be fair, hasn't actually personally himself said take shorter showers or everything else, but we do completely need to go out of time. Uh, Eamon Ryan is the Minister for Transport, Climate, Environment and Communications. Thank you for joining us and thank you to to Sinn Féin TD uh, Matt Carthy who's a spokesperson in agriculture and TD for Cabin Monaghan On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC Sunday morning at 11 on News Talk.